Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So a common question I received is around confidence. People wanted to know at what point... Or let me rephrase the question. They wanted to know how would they know they have the confidence to both lead this workshop with senior executives, including the CEO of a multi-billion dollar energy conglomerate, and the overall workshop. How do you know you've reached the confidence to go out there and do this? In other words, at what point do you prepare to put yourself out there and deal with the consequences? I'm going to answer this question directly, but I want to get and make it personal because I think there are a lot of misconceptions about this. And I'm going to start with a story. And I could have chosen any country, but I'm going to pick this one because it's interesting. You know, many people may not know the history of Russia, not the former Soviet Union. I'm talking about Russia before the former Soviet Union, before the Bolshevik Revolution of the early 1900s that introduced communism to Russia. This was when kings still ruled Russia. And this story could relate, not could, it does relate to any country in the world. It applies to all countries in the world. So Russia has always been a closed nation. Some would argue today they're also closed. And for good or bad, usually the latter, that closeness has meant that it's cut itself off from advances in the modern economy. So when Russia seems to be doing well, it closes itself up. And it cuts ties with the West or the East, depending on which empire is doing well. So when it's doing well, it sees no reason to integrate with the world and it closes itself off and it falls behind. It falls behind because through the act of closing itself off, it's no longer absorbing, integrating, acquiring Western or better. There could be better Eastern technology, ideals, philosophies and so on and it ends up falling behind all nations go through this you can you can cite many nations right every nation goes through this at some point i'm using russia as an example here because it's an interesting example now it goes through this period of decay where it falls behind and becomes a little bit sick and it needs to go through a rejuvenation period now one of the great russian rulers who led a period of revival was peter the great who if I remember correctly, became the Tsar or the king at a very young age. And he introduced a number of measures to bring Russia on par with the West. Simple things such as adopting what he considered to be superior ways of dressing and behaving. For example, he didn't want people to wear, to have beards in his court because he felt that it was unruly, uncivilized. So he introduced a tax. If you had a long beard, he would tax you more. Introduced Western dressing, Western culture. Those are some of the simple measures he introduced, which on a social basis, obviously, have far-reaching consequences. Other measures he introduced was to acquire a port that gave him access to warm waters. And he began a campaign against the Ottoman Empire for that. But you don't begin a campaign against, the, at that point, the mighty Ottoman Empire without the right weaponry, technology, and industrial base to support you. And to do that, 
he brought in advisors, technical advisors, industrial advisors, advisors on how to produce the right kind of metals. The point of the story is that for Russia to rise at that point, they needed to bring in people who could build the right kind of weapons to fight and expand the empire. And just about any nation that existed at that point, that's how they moved ahead, by bringing in better and better weapons, gunpowder and so on. The reason I'm telling you this story is because the way nations compete has changed a lot in some ways, but in other ways, not much. Nations to compete today, they need to bring in best practices. Right now, it's usually from the West, but in 50 years, it may be the East. In 100 years, it may be the South. Who knows? But the point is you've got to absorb best practices and new ideas that will push you forward. The reason this is important to understand, the reason why this context is important is because if you look at the country where this client is based, this is an energy company. They produce electricity, for lack of a better word. Electricity is like going to New York City and using Wi-Fi. It's everywhere. It's the bedrock on which society is based. If you don't have electricity, you're living in the Stone Ages. If you have electricity and it's not stable, you pretty much cannot entice anyone to invest in your country. If you have electricity and it's too expensive, nobody is going to build any industry there because the cost of doing business is too high. Similar to Peter the Great, you have to import best practices to drive your key industries so that you can emerge prosperous and grow. In his day, it was about weapons and social values and so on. Today, because we live in a capitalist society driven by global trade flows and foreign direct investment, you have to be able to trade better and you have to be able to attract foreign direct investment. You can't do those two things. You can't survive and you can't prosper as a nation. You can't provide jobs for your citizens. They don't have money to eat. They don't have money to pay for anything. They suffer. When they suffer, they don't want to invest in education and the nation continues spiraling out of control. Now, it sounds like an apocalyptic statement, but it's true. Think of nations that have suffered. They lack the basics. They're isolated. Their electricity system is sporadic. Rule of law is basically non-existent. They've got to import these very basic things. When I look at this energy study, it's not about going to a client, giving them a report and getting paid. And I find it very derogatory when I read in forums, consultants who are very young and don't know much talk about, oh, the job of McKinsey or BCG is to produce a report to a client. That's it. That is not it. In many ways, we are the modern arms dealers. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. In the old days, for a nation to succeed, you had to have weapons and arms and you won. Today, to win, you need to have access to the latest concepts and ideas in business to make a nation more productive, more attractive, more stable, and more reliable. Consultants bring that knowledge. So if we fail here, it's not as if, well, our reputation goes on the line and maybe we don't get paid. It's that an entire nation could be left behind if we don't fix the energy infrastructure. That is a huge amount of responsibility to place on the shoulders of a consulting team because that would be the consequences. I don't want to be 80 years old looking up the Wikipedia page for this country and as I go through it says, well, historians widely agree, historians and economists widely agree that the turning point for the negative for this country is when the energy sector collapsed and that drove out foreign direct investment, which led to a spiral. I don't want to read that. 
But when you think about a study like this, that's the impact it could have. That's what makes a study different from automating the assembly line for paint. Yeah, if you don't automate it, someone else is going to do it. The country doesn't spiral out of control. So coming back to the confidence thing, when you frame a study like this, no matter how great your confidence is, it is humbling because you know what is at stake. It's not as if you can say, well, you know what, I'm the world's greatest consultant and I can deal with this. You can't deal with this. It is a pretty scary proposition to know if you fail, you're probably going to get paid, but you're going to wreck the country. And it's going to have a dynamic ripple effect. So when I see consultants advising on what I call systemic foundational issues facing a country, whether it's how to open up the monetary system, whether it's about how to improve the educational system, roll out cheap housing stock for the population, electricity, defense, a telecommunication system, that today in the modern era, you have no telecommunication system, you lack the weapons to compete in the world. When I see consultants dealing with those issues, I want to be really sure that you have not just the best people technically, but the best people who understand the impact of the work they are doing. And at the end of the day, no matter how confident you are, you are going to be humbled by that. So going into a study like this, personally, I don't have confidence. When I say I don't have confidence, I'm going to put that into perspective for you. I'm not saying I don't have confidence in anything. I'm not saying that I don't believe we'll solve it. No, what I'm saying is that a lot of people think when partners begin the study, we have enormous confidence because we know what the answer is. I never know what the answer is going to be when I start an engagement. Because to know what the answer is, is for me to presume that everything I'm going to discover during the course of the engagement is going to be so irrelevant, it's not going to change my mind. And that is a very bad consultant. So when I say I lack confidence, what I'm saying is that it's not that I lack confidence. I'm saying that I don't know what the answer is. So I have no confidence that I know what the answer is. I have extreme confidence that I'll figure out the answer. I have great confidence in my ability to figure out all the problems that will exist and navigate us through it. I have confidence in that ability. But if you ask me, where are we going? How are we going to get there? I'm not really sure. That's something you have to figure out. And it's something you have to understand, right? Because a lot of people think that, look, I should only do X when the roadmap is very clear to me. That is not true. You should only do X if you have the ability to figure out the roadmap as you are going. But if you are only going to start doing something, when you are certain of the outcome, you will never achieve anything in life. And you are presuming that you have the ability to map out a path with such great certainty that you can foresee every obstacle that will come up. That's not possible for you to do that. Second, you make the assumption that all your past experience is a perfect base of which to project the future, which is obviously not true. And third, you forget the skill of a strategy partner. We don't know the answers, but we have the ability to figure out the answers. So coming back to this, when I tell people, look, I am not confident that I know what the answer is. Some people, especially young people in the meeting room, are aghast. They are shocked. I've heard people tell me, if you don't know the answer and you're not confident about it, why should we hire you? You've actually presented sometimes to clients whereby they bring in more junior members of the business development team and strategy team. Those people think they know strategies about a partner knowing the answer and just developing it for the client, but that's not what it is. And I explained to them, look, the value of having me is because I don't know the answer. It's because I'm going to look at your data and your issues with a fresh pair of eyes 
and develop a solution that does not presume anything. I'm going to develop a solution that is what I believe is going to be perfect or most ideal for your circumstances. If you ask me whether I'm confident about the answer, no. I have no confidence in the answer because I don't know what the answer is. But I do have a lot of confidence in my ability to figure it out. And that's a very big difference. You need to have confidence in your abilities to eventually get there. But you certainly shouldn't feel bad if you have no idea how to get there when you begin. And you certainly shouldn't feel bad about saying that. There are so many people who think partners have the answer that when they try to mimic the behavior of a partner, they pretend to know everything. It's okay not to know everything. In fact, we're hired because no one knows anything. When I go into a study, I tell this to everyone, I'm not someone who has a lot of confidence. I speak like I have a lot of confidence. I've been widely praised. I mean, I don't know if it's true that I am very articulate. I don't know if people are just flattering me that I'm articulate, but I've been told I'm very articulate. I speak as if I know what I'm talking about. But the part that I know what I'm talking about in inverted commas is that I know how to solve the problem eventually. I know I'll get there. I have no idea where there is or when it will come, but it will come during the course of the engagement. And I want you to understand that as well. Don't be afraid if you're looking at this daunting study. You may be following the study here. You may be following them in a much more vibrant, detailed videos with all the numbers and so on in Firms Consulting Insider. You may be doing your own study. The goal is not to know the answer. The goal is not to be confident in the answer. The goal is to be confident in your ability to figure it out. And again, the goal is not to be confident that you know a process. You may not know the process to figure it out. You may not know how to do a strategy study. That's okay. But what you must be confident is in your ability not to give up figuring out how to figure it out. That's where the confidence has to be, right? You know, when I built my career, and there's a program about this on Firms Consulting Insight, it's a very detailed program. So it covers everything in a lot of detail where I discuss each meeting I had with each client and each study and what I learned from it and so on. But some of the most difficult clients in the firm were assigned to me and they didn't want to meet me. They didn't want to give me data. Some of them told me to get out of their offices. So there, my confidence lay in my ability that I would figure out a way. If someone asked me, what was that way? How did you do? I have no idea, but it can be done. I know it can be done because we've done it with other people. Implementation, rebuilding, and innovation division is the story of how Andrew joined a program. We document everything and we narrate it and so on. Joined this program as a senior manager in a professional services firm. And within three years, it became senior partner by creating the innovation practice within this professional services firm and generating $30 million of fees for the firm. If you ask me at the beginning of the program, how are we going to do this? I have no idea. I had no idea. When Andrew joined the program, we had no idea how he was going to do it. In fact, the idea that I thought we were going to follow is very different from how we ended up doing it. I thought he would become a partner in tax, which is where he was located. I thought we'd end up doing work in tax. We did nothing like that. In fact, he left the tax division. So it can be done. But it's not about being confident in what the end is because you don't know what it is confidence in your abilities to get it done. And that means not quitting. That means that because you're figuring it out, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. That means you can do some stupid things. But that's what it means to learn. Because in a professional services organization, while they say there's a culture of learning, it's what they say. The reality is that they give you too much work so you don't have enough time to learn. They give you big goals where they expect you to learn and redevelop yourself to get there, but they don't give you the tools to relearn. You're expected to figure it out as you go ahead. 
you're expected to make time in a busy schedule. Confidence is just a belief system that you're going to get there eventually. It's not that you know what the goal is. It's not that you're overconfident or arrogant about knowing the answer. It's not about going to the Harvard Business Review and pulling up a case study on another company that did it and copying them because I can assure you it will not work. That company is very different. The person who led that program is different from you. They have different skills, different challenges, different obstacles, different resources, different personalities. If you do what someone else have done, you have failed. You know, whenever I teach, people always say, but Michael, just give me a checklist. Why the hell do you waste my time by explaining all of the context and all of the reasoning and how you arrive at the answer? Why don't you just tell me what to do? And here's the thing. I don't know what you should do because I don't know who you are. I don't know who has a knife hidden behind their back ready to pull it out for you. I don't know who your allies are. I don't know what your resources are. I don't know what you've told me is true. I don't know your organization. I don't know what they're going through. Any checklist I give you is too generic. If you just follow a generic checklist, you will never succeed. If my first list on my checklist is pick a worthy goal, well, what is worthy? Is the goal worthy to you or worthy to the organization? Do you pick a goal that's immediately obviously worthy or something that's weak but you could make worthy? When do you pick the goal? How do you pick the goal? If there's a goal that's worthy, but you're not given it and you want it, how do you get yourself into that role? Do you see how many variables? That's why I explain all of the details. Now, this podcast is not as detailed as what we have in Firms Consulting Insider, but I always explain the thinking process. Now, I got a very nice email from a client the other day saying that when he first started listening to this podcast, he didn't really like it because he wasn't in the energy sector. He wasn't doing corporate strategy work. But after listening to about 60 episodes, he now considers this the greatest podcast on business strategy on iTunes, which I think a lot of people agree with because this is routinely ranked in the top five and at least top 10 for most countries in the world for careers. So what I'm going to advise you here is this. Do not worry if you lack confidence. If you're sitting in a meeting and you don't know what the answer is, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You are scared. You are terrified. You've got a mortgage. You've got two teenage daughters who have discovered credit cards or teenage sons as well. I mean, I don't know what children do. I think they all spend money. Don't be scared if you lack confidence in the outcome. You need to just say this. Am I going to do what is required to figure this out? Am I not going to quit? Am I going to learn what I need to learn? If the answer is yes to those things, then do it. But if you're sitting there thinking that, well, Michael, as the senior partner, one of the senior partners on the study, already knew the answer before he started, and that's why he's doing it, that's not true. And I don't want to be someone who's so arrogant as to presume I know the answer to a problem that has obviously baffled 100,000 employees and obviously a very talented team of senior executives. Clearly, I need to figure this out as I go through it, right? So I want you to be confident, not in any ability, but in your spirit. Just don't quit. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. Everyone who becomes partner makes a lot of mistakes. That's how we become partner. We just don't worry when the world judges us. You know, when I was um, associate, even when I was a business analyst, there were people who criticized my way. Some people told me I'll never become partner. There are people today who listen to me and say, well, what you're saying doesn't make sense. I don't let that bother me. Because why should I let someone else's opinion of me be who I am? 
There, people will think criticizing is a noble endeavor today on the internet. You cannot let that bother you. Even if you get a performance review which says that you have no hope of being a strategic thinker will ever amount to anything, you just don't care about it. You just keep moving forward. Confidence is an emotion. It's not an accomplishment. And if you're going to be confident about anything, it's the fact that you are not going to quit. If anything, imagine you're a put bull and there's a bone in front of you and just never stop going after it. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.